Welcome to episode 18 of the Blockbusters podcast, and I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. <laughs> almost forgot know. it again, did you? Uh, almost. <laughs> almost. Uh, today is, what is today? Today's June 8th, is that correct? It's June 8th. Lines, June 8th, yeah. yes, it's Saturday, <laughs> June 8th, 2013, and today we're going to be discussing Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh. No, no colon. <laughs> Not at all. There is no, no colon, so it is Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah? That is what they're doing. I First, I go ahead, sir. I was going to say, I heard that the reason they did that was that they were arguing about it because they said everything that comes after the colon is just uncool. So they just did away with it. <laughs> well, then there, you shouldn't have a pause there. Yeah, People I are know. saying it wrong if you're going Star Trek yeah, should... Into Darkness. Yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. It rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> uh, before we uh, delve into that, let's get a little business out of the way uh, here. Uh, if you want to contact us, and please do anyway. Yeah, please do. We've got a couple of emails for you. Uh, we have uh, the Blokebuster podcast, just not the, just yeah. blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com. No S. Or contact at blokebusters with the S dot M-E. Also, easiest way, hit us up on Twitter at blokebusters. Yeah. And, well, we do also have the Facebook page. Where Facebook, You can probably yes. guess what follows <laughs> Facebook.com there. Slash blokebusters, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, you know, if on the Twitter there, you can probably, if you so desire, you can probably figure out how to stalk either Paul or right. myself. <laughs> we, we appear on there regularly yeah. as ourselves, I think. <laughs> and, and we do try and do a sort of semi-regular quiz thing as well, a quotes quiz yeah. thing. That we're trying to start off a phenomenon, and so far it's not really going, but... <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Star Trek, Into Darkness. All right, well, I unfortunately don't have the summary up here, but I will just very quickly say that it is obviously following on from the previous one, and it starts off on a bit of a bad note for Kirk. He ends up through some mishap, (laughs) losing control of the Enterprise, and he then very promptly gets it back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's not down on his luck for a whole long time there. I mean, obviously, Kirk not being in control of the Enterprise isn't overly exciting and what people (laughs) want to see, but whatever. And then this mysterious John Harrison guy turns up and pretty much shakes up the entire world. You <laughs> and, can say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you really could. And yeah, the mission is to get him back or kill him, depending mm-hmm. on who you're listening to. And then mishaps ensue, as they always do in yes. these films. <laughs> Comic and, relief, yeah. action, lasers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into the spoiler that everyone figured out anyway. Yes, and if you didn't figure out, you had been spoiled for you already yeah. by a friend that went to see it before you. <laughs> yeah, basically, big twist in the film is John Hansen is... <gasps> Come on! Of course. Uh, I have one question for you. What did you think of the prologue, and specifically in comparison to the prologue of the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek film? Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good way of getting you straight back into Mm -hmm. how this works and how Kirk is. I mean, if you don't know who Kirk is going into this film, you know Mm -hmm. who he is by the end of that prologue. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I thought it was a, 
a really good way of getting all of the characters back how you know you only hear a sentence or two from some of them but you really get who they are from that so yeah. one of the best ways of setting up a film I've yeah seen you see the how well they work together you know obviously growing from the first film yeah you know they're just all, it's like a well-oiled machine pretty much yeah right, right. i will say I'm, I'm partial to the first one that had so much there was more tension with the baby being born and yeah. you know that and, yeah. and I still have a bias, like I <laughs> openly admitted, towards originals or towards the first yeah. lineage of films. But uh, I still think they delivered and got me excited for the film. Yeah, like, which is kind of what the object is of that, you know. Yeah, it's it did so very well. I mean, it it's one of those films that you have to open big, really, because mm-hmm. you know, everyone knows what Star Trek is, so you got to get everyone's attention at the beginning. And then you can slow down a little bit, yeah. as they do. <laughs> but yeah. I will actually say this film is fairly well paced throughout the entire thing. There's a very good mix of the big action scenes and then the more drawn-out talky scenes. But mm-hmm. the talky scenes do still hold your attention, especially when one particular character is on the screen. And we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> The mo- I'm just guessing the most fantastic name I've ever heard. Is it that individual? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Yes, one of the most English people you'll ever run into. Yes. Well, without uh, the third at the end of yes, his name. Yes, exactly. Or Sir <laughs> at the front. <laughs> Which he needs, I think. It's in time. In yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, getting into the nitty gritty, as we always do, directed by J.J. Abrams. The budget Love was $190 million. And the box office, as of, I think, about two days ago, is $334,081,718. Now that's worldwide, right? That is, as far as I could tell, worldwide, and, yeah. Uh, did you remember the domestic? Have they made their... No, probably I, haven't made the money back I, yet. I didn't see the figures for that when I was looking for it. I just saw the worldwide one. Which, Which I think, yeah, we can agree is a little underwhelming yeah. for the product. Yeah, I mean, maybe... Maybe it's just one of those films that will almost certainly make a lot more money on DVD. Yeah, see, I don't even know if they're they're overly concerned with it, because it's going to kill on Blu-ray, and it's going to kill on demand. Yeah, I I went to see it in IMAX, Mm -hmm. and the first IMAX I ever have seen, and... Number one, wow, it's loud. <laughs> That's kind of the idea. All right, this is coming yeah, from someone who screen. is partially deaf. Wow, that was very loud. I don't think I would ever need the subtitles on that film. Everything's burned into my head now. <laughs> but yeah, it, this was a film that was fantastic in IMAX and the 3D was done right like you know, adding depth rather than coming at you all that i think there was a point in the prologue again mm-hmm. where they're throwing spears and one of them kind of like zoom looks mm-hmm. as if it's coming at you but it was the sort of thing that i'm sure i still played okay in the 2d yeah. version it was how was i do have a quick uh so i did see it in 2d right. so how was the scene with we'll just say john harris well we've already spelled it right con yeah uh, how's the scene with con and kirk when they're in their like flight suits going through the asteroid. Oh, that was good. Was it good in 3D? <laughs> that Did that really look pretty good? good? Yeah. Uh, I figured that had to be pretty... Well, I was watching yeah, this I... thinking, kind of, you know, my feelings, regular yeah. listeners on 3D, I was kind of like, I kind of want this scene in 3D. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was a really nice scene. Yeah, it, yeah. it was, had some fantastic dimensions to it. Yeah. Going. Mm-hmm. You, you really got... His helmet keeps cracking. and yeah, yeah, it, like, You really got the feeling of exactly how vast the space was and how 
astonishing mm. what they were attempting to do mm. was. Yeah. Now, see, I don't want to go. I do have a little problem with that because once the, the helmet cracks, the, the integrity has been compromised and you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you could always argue that you know, it is. I guess shatter resistant glass, whatever the thing would be, and you know, space glass, yes, where space glass, yes. it can resist that even when cracked. Oh, wow. But because there was no hole, it was just cracked. It was cracking. <laughs> but but yeah. you know, that's there was no time travel on this one, so I thank you for that, one, <laughs> which was my only issue with yeah. the first. <laughs> yes, no. No, like, boil your brain, time travel. Yeah, I'm like, Whoa. oh, wait, he's talking to himself again. There was that scene, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had, I really wanted them to somehow bring the old Kirk back. Oh, yeah. Just to say, oh, like, even have... I don't like, think they can, because it's I such know, a different can't. take on the character. Yeah. I don't think he can, well, yeah. Well, that and the fact that the only old character to come from that timeline is the old Spock. Mm-hmm. They're... As far as we know, there is no other way for other people to cross over anymore. And yeah, Spock it is now stuck sense. in this timeline. I mean, yeah. What would be nice is maybe a cameo where he's not himself. You yeah. Know, just, you know, like, oh, in the background, there's yeah. uh, Shatner. Or, or he, maybe he's the new head of stuff. Or just, just you know, just roughly. see his head in one of the uh, missiles, or torpedoes. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, holy crap, was that Shatner? <laughs> yeah. What, Shatner's a genetically Shatner's modified on, Shatner's human? on Khan's crew? Oh, crap. Yeah, that's a twist. Yeah, that would <laughs> Or maybe... Maybe have the prize get a AI implanted in it, and it's Shatner. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, yeah, there you go. It's like instead of Hal, it's Shatner. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I yeah. can't do that. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. All right. All so. ideas free, JJ, for the next one. <laughs> well, yeah, free with oh, possibly a little J- bit of as I like to call him, JJ Lens Flare Abram. <laughs> Abrams. <laughs> yeah, true. he's fond of the lens flare. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Especially on a ship where you wouldn't think there'd be much lens flare since there's no sun. <laughs> but no, he manages to bring it in. <laughs> Always that beautiful blue. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, my old uh, Blu-ray player did have like a, a blue line that you could have lit, lit on the bottom. And right. it looked just like a J.J. Abrams lens flare. <laughs> so I called it my J.J. Abrams player. But Aww. yeah, it was, and I was so sad when that uh, shit the bed. Because I had to get rid of it. But. <laughs> yeah. Like, Super 8, one of my favorite underrated films of all time. Yeah. Beautiful lens flares. <laughs> just saying. I, yeah, well, that's the thing. There are good ways of doing lens flares, and then that's there true. might be a little bit too much. He goes a little heavy, but, uh, you know, I don't mind it. I Yeah. And I will say, like, I don't know. Did you... Maybe it was before we started recording that these are the only two Star Trek films I've seen. The J.J. Abrams. Yeah. I, I know of others. I know... Just from pop culture references about some of them, yeah. mostly spaced. <laughs> I think you know where yeah, they talk about space, the good ones. It, yeah, um, where they talk about you know what the even ones are good or the odd ones are good, whatever they yeah. say. You know, and of course, <laughs> Khan. That's iconic. Yeah, but I, I've seen the odd clip. Here and yeah, there, I'm. So. Point being, I'm far from a Trekkie. Yeah, as far from a Trekkie as you can get, but still <laughs> love these adaptations. I must say, I do want to, at some point, I know that I keep saying it and I'll never have to get around to doing it, but I do mm. want to, at some point, watch the original series and yeah. try and get into it. See, now I just I know it's not going to major up once I have this in my head. Yeah. It's like seeing a movie and then reading the book. It's already been cast for you, and then it's, you know, then yeah. you're just like, yeah, it's... 
I don't know. It's a little um, difficult to go work backwards. Yeah, but. I, I might be able to get away with just doing the original Star Trek just to watch Shatner be Kirk, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm sure uh, I yeah. would look at it and just be like, well, maybe I prefer this character as this. No, mm. <clears throat> and speaking of characters, let's get into that Let's quick. get into the cast. So we have as Kirk, Mr. Chris Pine, doing a fairly good job at it, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I love his Kirk. <laughs> and... Well, we'll probably go through this quick. You've got a Spock, Zachary Quinto, who I said to you before, I've mm-hmm. only ever seen on TV, and okay. all of a sudden he's got this I had not Scott seen all these role. films, yeah. Scotty is a little unknown named Simon Pegg. <laughs> well, you were just going all over the place here, aren't you? Oh, yeah. This is uh, Paul's cast order. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just sort of flinging through as I wrote them yeah. down. John Cho is Sulu. I was... A little bit iffy when I heard that he was going to be Sulu in the first film because I know the sort of stuff that mm-hmm. he'd done before, and then I saw him in the first film and I thought, no, that's actually he's yeah, taking he's it well, right, he's doing yeah, and he's the right just, person yeah. for the right age, the, yeah. yeah, and you know, once again, didn't have a problem with him in this one. You have as Uhura Zoe Saldana, who again I said to you before I didn't realize <laughs> who she was. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't matter who she is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As Bones, you've got Carl Urban, who, of course, we have seen him in a film that we weren't too fond of. Do oh, you remember? Yes, he yes, was yes. Dread. <laughs> <laughs> I had blocked that. Thank yeah. you, Paul, for <laughs> bringing that memory. Oh, back. You, don't, you don't have to think of the film. You just remember, like, he is the. The chin of the Dredd. chin, yes. <laughs> Wonderful chin acting. Oh yeah. By Carl Urban. Damn it, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Not a judge. <laughs> oh, they should work that in somehow. <laughs> I'm a, a doctor, not a policeman. <laughs> not Judge Judy and Execution. No, I am Judge Judy and Execution. <laughs> how we get the hot fuzz from that? I don't know. Just a hot foot. That's how I go. Right, straight down hot fuzz. Speaking yeah. of which, another tangent, I am so looking forward to the world's end. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, looking at it, it's definitely seemed quite out there compared to the fairly low key of Shaun of the Dead. And then you got Hot Fuzz, which, you know, kind mm-hmm. of was low key just because it was Just, in a little village but yeah but then you have the whole fascist there. aspect to you know yeah. hot fuzz whereas this seems to be a much bigger story overall on yeah. top of the, the alien invasion type thing <laughs> and seems to be starring numerous fairly big English actors I and mean, you've got obviously Martin Freeman mm-hmm. is in it uh, Nick Frost I'm uh, yeah uh, you've actually got Mark <laughs> Heap who people will remember from Spaced Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As Brian. He was also in a show called Green Brian. Wing. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> oh, Brian. <laughs> and another branch off that tangent, I will say, if you haven't, I aware aren't your recommendations yet, but another <laughs> alien invasion movie where Nick Frost is absolutely excellent, Attack of the Block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy that one. <laughs> Check that one out. Yeah it, yeah. it was a film where I heard about it and I thought, wow, I don't know what that'll be. And then I ended up seeing it. I was like, this is exactly what you think. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love and it. Yeah, very English. Oh, yes. If you, if you don't really know much about England, you watch this and you get to see the suburbs of London, England. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the slang got a bit annoying with me, but yeah. uh, I forget what they keep calling each other. I don't know, but it was right. uh, yeah, it was a bit heavy. But yeah. for people like my roommate, they hate accents. You're not gonna like it. 
No, yeah, th- and this is this is a very localized type yeah. thing, but, but, but yeah, yeah, good film overall. We'll work our way back down the, to the yeah. trunk of this tree. And, <laughs> sure, uh, all right. Chekhov, you got Anton Yelchin. Yes. Which is a lovely name. I actually I and like another, that name. <laughs> uh, first saw Charlie Bartlett, which is, I think, a fantastic movie with Robert Downey Jr. I think the first time I saw him, somewhat annoyingly, because I know he's been in a lot of stuff, is actually the remake of Fright Night. He oh, was the main with... kid in that, with David Tennant as... It, He's in it, uh, and why am I blanking Con- on the name? It's Colin Farrell, right? That's it, Colin yeah. Farrell. I was going to say Colin Firth, and that is definitely not. No, <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> a very English. Very dapper, very uh, classy Fright Night. <laughs> no, right. but yeah. Um, so, so you, no, 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 I'm good. Right. Yeah, moving on. Well, the, Did you get everybody? Uh, no, had, no, no. I've written down two more. There was the... Captain Marcus guy who I forgot to write the name down. Uh, Peter Weller. Peter Weller. Yeah. There you go. The which, fantastic Peter Weller. Yes, which I know from Dexter. He's awesome in Dexter. Yeah, and awesome in this film as well. Yes, of course. Uh, you got as Carol Marcus, and she had an alias, but I didn't write that down. Alice Eve, which my wife probably wouldn't like because uh, two first names. She's not too fond of the two first names. You can't trust people with two first names. <laughs> Billy Joel, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Right. Elton John, you're in there too, buddy. You can't trust Elton John with anything. No. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and uh, then as, lastly on my list, John Harrison slash Carl. Really? Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, well, <laughs> and, but before we get into Benedict, I yeah, think you left one out there. I, Bruce I Greenwood did. as Pike. Yeah. I, I love Bruce you. Greenwood. He's awesome in everything. Yeah, and, uh, I knew there was enough. Spoiler, movie. not enough. Bruce, not enough Pike in this movie. No, <laughs> He's no. A, he kind of uh, makes it to that what little council meeting, and that's about it. Yeah, which um, <laughs> and uh, Khan kind of ruins that. <laughs> I will say one of the notes that I wrote down, and I was thinking it during the film, mm-hmm. and Kirk brings it up. They're always in the same room every time there's an emergency of any kind. Mm-hmm. Stupidest idea ever. Oh, what, what should we do? Let's bring all of the world leaders into this one room that they are always in. <laughs> with every time. With a giant window. <laughs> Nevertheless. And no apparent not a security bunker. on not the a, building. You know, not a bunker. Even the president goes to a freaking bunker. <laughs> yeah, I... Really? <laughs> but... Whatever, yeah. It's a, you know, a plot device, but... Uh, it it was, had to happen. It was, a I thought, a good scene. I didn't know how it was going to play when Pike is dying and yeah. Kirk is, you know, obviously emotional because he is the father figure that Kirk never had. Yeah. And, you know, that the tough love kind of guy. Yeah, the guy and, that brought him into yeah. the Academy. Yeah, so I thought that scene played really well, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to yeah give a little homage to uh, Bruce Greenwood before we got to the yes, main I, course. Yes, I, <laughs> yes. Sorry to Mr. Greenwood there. Yes, so on to yes, the on most to... fantastically named individual on the planet. Yes, John Harris slash Khan, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yes, need, needs a sir in front of his name, really. <laughs> needs something. He will know. be knighted in time. <laughs> right, if... This was... The main reason I was excited about this film, because having seen him in Sherlock, you know what he can play. And yeah, you know he's got the chops. <laughs> yeah, especially since this was a person who was supposed to be very cold and calculating. Mm-hmm. You know he's a terrorist, and then everyone figured out by that line alone exactly who he was and what kind <laughs> of terrorist, but whatever. And it was a fantastic choice and a fantastic performance. 
And in case you can't tell, we just really like Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, and he was perfectly cast for this. Yes, it's very just, much so. I mean, he even when he's in that cell, he's still frightening. Just, yeah. I mean, just the way he's so comfortable, just like being imprisoned. He knows he is winning still. <laughs> like yeah. he, he is winning. He will win. <laughs> he, he's yeah. aware that he can and will get out. Yeah, he he's not there by their choice. You know, yeah. he's there by his choice. <laughs> And, of course, there is the slight argument you can make that, obviously, he's a genetically enhanced human, mm. and maybe he's too powerful, as it were. you got the, like, Superman problem of... you got all yeah, How do you take down the, the unstoppable, you, yeah. yeah. And, luckily, they didn't make him too over-the-top, because mm. there were a couple of times where they were able to bring him down, as it were, it, albeit not for too long the first time, <laughs> which... And getting into that, they you know, they have some stun guns that originally he gets shot once and he gets taken down. Mm-hmm. And then the second time they try and use the guns on him, he he's shot about four times. <laughs> and all he, that happens he's... is he staggers a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an impact. Yeah. yeah. He's just, just the physics of an impact. Yeah, sort of like, oh, oh, oh come on. <laughs> it's just a dart gun at that point. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, apparently his cells had mutated to defend against the stun or something. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's possible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously they don't give us everything. No. <laughs> Which is probably the best way to do it, because then anyone that comes up with, as we just did, like, yeah, how come he was The more reasoning this? you give, the more you can tear it apart. You yeah. Know? So it's, you just gotta take, gotta take some things on faith. It's <laughs> science fiction people. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, we're arguing that in a film where people can go at light speed. And, and where, <laughs> where there are not continuous lasers, and where the lasers make noise yeah. in space. <laughs> yeah, good old, and explode, yeah. Good old pew pew, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yes, beams of, yeah, not a continuous beam as a laser gun would be, but, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I once heard someone arguing how it would work, and mm. I've forgotten it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah they was... had a wonderful show on History Channel, not the most recent one, but one a couple years ago that said, like, if you actually had a photon gun or whatever, it would need to be the size of, like, a skyscraper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to generate that laser. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't know if that was exactly, but yeah. it's not going to be on your hip, yeah. needless to say. Thinking back on it, I think the reason they gave as to why it isn't continuous is mm. that you had to fire it in short bursts, otherwise it will overload very, very, very quickly. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, at the uh. same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, speed of light, you wouldn't even see the damn thing. <laughs> it was just, oh, there it goes. There's a hole <laughs> over there. Yeah, yeah, not too great on the visuals, I guess. Yeah, yeah I know. There's always a slight bending of... Uh, <laughs> there was a show, it might even be Futurama, or it could be something else. There was a thing where... To get around the fact that no one can go faster than the speed of light, the speed of light was increased by scientists. <laughs> that sounds like future. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> just to make just to make it possible that he could do this stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's one of those happening. So, anything I, else on Benedict? I don't have anything here. The only thing I have relating to his character that I wrote down, which I thought was really on the nose, especially to me, and I'm going to guess to you as someone that understands film narrative and how this works, the whole Tribble experiment, Mm -hmm. the second you saw him injecting that Tribble with blood, did you figure what was, how it was going to come back? Because he's saying like, oh, this is a dead Tribble. I am now injecting it with Khan's blood. 
to yeah. see what will happen. Yes. <laughs> well, I postulated like I like I don't know what happened in the other con film. I don't know if it parallels anything uh, at all. I but... can tell you based on what I remember seeing clips and mm-hmm. what other people have said. Khan ends up dying, and through that, Kirk also dies, and that is the okay. end of Kirk. Oh, yeah. So this doesn't happen in the okay, original. So, yeah, universe. I don't recall which scene was first, the treble scene or the Spock Spock scene. Where... Treble scene. Okay, but, well, good. The the injecting the treble was first. Okay, and then, then, Spock, and then Spock, Spock Spock says, uh, and then reanimated because yeah, it, it definitely hit home when young Spock asked, "Do we win or yeah. are we victorious?" Yeah, he said, "Yes, at great cost." Yeah. And then. Light bulb appeared <laughs> right. above head, and I said, yeah, "Kirk dies." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Kirk dies," but not really. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Kirk- of the temporarily trouble. Dies, yeah. yeah, temporarily. Yes. Uh, so I had it figured out at that point. Right. Yeah, because I, I I saw that happen. And I was like, okay, someone's got to die. Yeah. Because there's no reason to attempt the reanimation of something if you're mm-hmm. then not going to use that again. Yeah. And then. Yeah, it's just a useless scene if it's not going to be, you know, have some application. I I would have thought the best thing to do would have been to still have the triple on the desk and still have Bones with the thing, but not say a word about it. Just have him doing that, and that's it. And then when the triple comes back to life, have him say, like, you know, wait, I injected that, blah, blah, Well, that's for us. (laughs) Yeah. And you need the dialogue for the other 90%. Yeah. As I said, we are people that really kind of get film narrative and we oh, know how right. these things are used. Like, so. I, thankfully, uh, well, maybe not thankfully, but we <laughs> didn't have the podcast at this point, but I absolutely hated Peter Jackson's King Kong. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a moment where I just, I can't believe I sat through that whole fucking movie. I'm sorry for the F-bomb, but <laughs> in the theater, like, I've never left a, a movie Came close a couple times, but right. that was one where I came close <laughs> with the 40-minute bug scene and whatever, yeah. you know. And But the part I'm getting to where the eyes nearly rolled out of my head <laughs> was when Kong, I like, beats his chest and then, like, points at the sun or whatever it is. And Naomi Watts had already established how to tell him what beautiful is. Right. And all that needed to be done was beating the chest and pointing I get what he's going for. Yeah. And Naomi Watts says, yes, it is beautiful. <laughs> and like it's that dumbing down to the common denominator that yeah. I absolutely hate and that almost every film does. Not saying that Star Trek was just no, as, as ridiculous no, yeah. as that, but you know what I, those scenes I'm talking about where yeah. if you follow the movie, you know what they're talking about. Yeah, and you know, and I don't need it spelled out for me. It's the and I, I just, I'm insulted yeah. that... You know, yes, it is beautiful. You're right. We told, remember, remember, audience? She might as well turn the camera, break the fourth wall. Remember, audience, about an hour and a half ago when we established that I taught him what the word beautiful is and how to show it? Yeah. Yeah. It is the unfortunate dumbing down of cinema recently that... To make it palatable to... Yeah. To make it so that someone doesn't leave going, well, I didn't understand this one bit. Yeah. Everything needs to be over-explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I'd be walking out of the theater with someone in front of me going, I didn't understand what he meant when he beat his chest and pointed at the sky. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was that pointing at the sun thing? Like, it was yeah, yeah. hot? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I hate that sun. I like oranges. Get me that giant orange. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to get that one out of there. No, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I, I wish that Hollywood was able to just have little things in the scene like you, know, you can mm-hmm. still have him at the front of the scene just injecting the trouble while mm-hmm. the people beside him are talking yeah and then later it comes back and then maybe you could even wait five seconds let the audience have a line of dialogue themselves. in another scene or you know yeah so or, they can pick up on it later <laughs> yeah. I, I mean let's say have him inject the triple and then say halfway through the film have him say or halfway later in the film have him say something like you know i'm performing a couple of experiments or something mm-hmm. oh yeah just an offhand comment and then when the triple comes back give the audience a second to figure out what's happened before then Obviously, given the explanation that at that point would be needed, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah. A small gripe with a otherwise pretty damn good movie, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very good film. Uh, very, for me, visually stunning film, especially in the IMAX yeah. that I saw. But I'm uh, sure it was still imagine. good in 2D. Yeah. And I would have, I will say this, it just worked out that I saw 2D. I was going to see the earliest showing after work. Right. And. It just worked out like the next 3D was until like 6 o'clock, and I'm not going to go see us on, <laughs> on a school night or yeah, on a work yeah. night, you know, like when I got to get up at, you know, 4 in the morning or something. I'm like, nah, heck with that. Yeah, that's so, enough. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I might as well say, you know, I'll save the extra 4 bucks or whatever it was. But Yeah. <laughs> and it was still really enjoyable in 2D, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. I mean, it, I'm glad that this was my first film in IMAX because they did it well. It wasn't a gimmicky IMAX. That's, that's what I've heard from everyone that's seen it in the IMAX 3D is that it was yeah. done very well. I mean, it's one of those films of, like, you know, I kind of wish I'd seen one of the Batman films in IMAX, but, yeah, this was fine as well. <laughs> yeah, but, and so I guess my question to you would then be, do you think it was as good as or better than or worse than the first film? Where would you place it? I would say it is in the same arena, same right. ballpark, whatever. Not quite as good uh, as Star Trek, is, the first J.J. Abrams' right. first time out. Is that at all because of your slight bias against sequels? It, it, it is, in part, due to that. Although, I did, And I will say I did prefer the narrative of the first film right. over this. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch just... I mean, brought it up though. If he had not been Khan, I think I would have enjoyed way. the film. Yeah, but it would have been a much less much enjoyable experience. And yeah. Not not in the upper echelon where I put blockbusters, where I put entertainment right. of this value. Yeah, I mean, thinking about that, I do think if Bender Cumberbatch wasn't in it, if they found say you know a good actor, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that there aren't other good actors out there and everything, but yeah. You know, for us, I think because of how much we liked him in the shows we watched, without him being in there, then maybe I wouldn't put it up quite as high. You know, maybe they, the person playing Khan wouldn't have been able to pull it off quite as well as the sociopath that <laughs> needed to play it. But I enjoyed this film more than I enjoyed the first one. Really? Maybe because they had already set up the characters and now they were running with those preset characters and into this new... And that's precisely why I prefer the... <laughs> I like the character development yeah. that happens in... The originals. Well, that's the thing. The character development was really good in the original mm-hmm. film. I just love seeing already established characters going on because then you don't need that slight slow start to the so, film. And that's You're able to... one of the gripes a lot of people had, I'll say, that, that I loved about yeah. the Avengers was that it took so long for them to get together. 
I and I enjoyed that and, night myself. See, I mean, and I was I, like, it was like forty five minutes or so, or fifty minutes into the movie before they were the Avengers. You yeah. know, because you had to have each one's little story before it. And there was like, oh, it's like half the movie before the Avengers get together. It's called the Avengers, and they're yeah. But I liked that. I liked seeing I, yeah, each individual I, character. I was okay with that mainly because. Let's say you've got in Star Trek, you have all these people, they work together. Like, you know, it starts off, they are mm. the crew on this ship. The Avengers doesn't start off that they're the Avengers. They've got to become the Avengers. So that is the yes. plot of that film. I'm fine with that. This is the second film. So this, so if Avengers mm. 2 starts with 45 minutes before <laughs> they get together, yeah. then maybe I would have a gripe with it. Well, they are disbanded kind of at this point, you know. Yeah, true. As Tony, I, as Iron Man points out. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it will only take about 15 minutes for everyone yeah. to get back onto Earth, though. Like, yeah, everyone will be uh-huh. together. It's fine if Hawkeye's on vacation. We don't need him. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to call him. Don't no, need yeah. to disturb him. Yeah. He, can, he can hang up his bow. I'm okay with yeah. that. He can just be in the jungle somewhere. <laughs> He'll come back at the end. The what a miss. most useless <laughs> Avenger ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I would... Uh, now we're on the Avengers again. I would, <laughs> I would slightly argue that Black Widow in that film wasn't exactly overly useful, other than getting Bruce Banner. Other than being in a tight leather outfit for the men who enjoy yeah, the film, yeah, and, uh, you know, so yeah, that she okay. does have more use. <laughs> okay. All right. Other than the eye candy and of getting one of the other characters on board, she didn't serve yeah, that no. much of a still, real plot there. Hand to hand combat still cooler and sexier than. A guy with a bow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I will say she's more useful than Hawkeye. But really, when you think of the Avengers, you've got Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Captain America. Yeah. Like, the rest th- is th- just, those are the real... Yeah, the rest is just set decoration, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scene, scene dressing, whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, Thor doesn't seem like big enough of a Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but, I don't know. Shall we rate this film? Sure, Okay. I will go first with mine. I was thinking long and hard about this, and then I just thought of how much I love Ben to come back in the film. <laughs> and yeah, his acting, and it's not just because I like Ben to come back. His acting is fantastic in this film. He does exactly what the character needed. He's, yeah, he's, he's my favorite villain in many years, I will say. Yes, and... Other than, uh, I think, The Dark Knight. Who, I don't okay, think you're ever yeah. going to top that villain performance. Yeah, but, I, uh, I can see... Well, that, that would be interesting, having the Joker against Khan, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Khan. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Celebrity deathmatch. All right. Good. <laughs> Let's bring that show back. Let's just, <laughs> yeah, have, just to have Khan fight the Joker. All right. All right, so... How much I liked the villain, how much I enjoyed just seeing these characters going further into this world, and I saw the homages to the original films there, and I didn't feel they were too shoehorned in. I don't know how, mu- so how yeah, much they, you know they about They completely it. went over my head, but so it, yeah. The, the whole Kirk dying in the reactor, and then them mm-hmm. putting their hands up in, I think, the second Star Trek film, possibly a little bit later... It's reverse. Spock dies, and mm. Kirk is there consoling okay. him. They then bring Spock back. So maybe the that's what the line about "this is what you would have done" yeah. was about, or something. Because yeah, he well, did that, do it in the other. But, well, you know. that's the thing. And yeah. then, of course, you've got Spock giving the line of "God." Yes, yeah. I was like, "Is he going to say? It? Is he going to say?" It? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, they 
they were able to get the original film in there, but they just flipped the roles, as it were. They were able to pay homage to it and not duplicate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as much as you want to argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. So I liked pretty much everything that they did with the mm-hmm. film. I can't think of how I would have made it too much better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's... Well, I'm glad it wasn't in your hands. I'm yeah, glad yeah. it wasn't <laughs> capable in J.J. Abrams. Yes, yes. <laughs> Granted, I'm not... A, a brilliant film director. I no, but yes, also he did had $190 million to play with, so. Yeah, true. That can get, <laughs> that you, a lot of, that can that, get you a lot of lens flare. <laughs> that buys a lot of blue lens flares. I'm probably going to go with, overall I might give it a negative 0.5. I was going to say 1, but I'm going with 0.5. Just because okay. this is what I want from a blockbuster, at least. Like, yeah, yeah. Delivered on everything yeah, yeah, that you expect a blockbuster to have. Exactly. And yeah, on a personal note, I'll probably go with negative 0.3. Like, mm-hmm. just, I bump it up because of how much I like Cumberbatch mm-hmm. and how much I enjoyed the stuff. But as a film body of work, I'll say probably 0.5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And I will, uh, I think it was an excellent second effort. I hope they're going to do a few more of these. I don't know. I'm hoping. I, uh, th- I think they have. Hope they have a plan a for th- one more. I, I know. think they have at least a three or four yeah. film or, deal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But uh, yeah. anyway, I do think this was a very well done second effort. I'll try to remove my sequel bias if I can. Uh, well, or maybe I, I'll give you both. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say yeah. give, give me your personal one after the yeah. just just a. Just Pure, with the bias, with, yes, purely yeah. critical, I will give it a m- minus 1.5. Yeah, um, okay. I yeah. think it's very well done. Like I said, I did not enjoy the narrative as much as the first film. The villain performance was absolutely spectacular, as yeah. we've, as we as keep we've talked about too much. <laughs> and I don't think he was... It can be distracting when you have an actor that's better than everyone else, but I think everyone else's performances rose yeah. to that, and I think... I don't think of, at least I haven't seen enough of Chris Pine to call him a great actor, but I think from what I've seen, he delivered from like what I said, or from what you were saying, what I expect a a film of that type to be at Blockbuster. Yeah. I didn't want any more or any less from that performance. Yeah. And, you know, along with everyone, Sulu and Spock and, you know, all this, it was all well acted. But so I think a minus 1.5 and uh, removing the, the bias, I would say probably a minus one. You'd get put it yeah. up there. Yeah, it's yeah. a minus one with the, just looking at it as as, a, as, as, a body as, of work, a, as an not, original body of work. You yeah. know, if just going in, not seeing the other film or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But because uh, yeah, that, that's what I always try and do, even mm-hmm. though I know the bias is going to be there. Yeah. Everyone's going to have the mm-hmm. bias. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably start really doing that now, giving the what I think of the body of work <laughs> and then what I personally think. And of I, the I know we yeah. I, think if I had to rate the first one, it, I would probably put that as like a minus 0.3 or minus 0.4, somewhere along there. Right. Would, would you say that's your personal one, or would you say that's your as a body of work one? I would say both. You're going with both? Yeah. I can see that. I can see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. I, I probably... There wasn't a whole lot wrong with that. Like, I, I will... Yeah. I swear to you, if I have 20 minutes or something, and there's... I hate most of television. Yeah. I will put in the Blu-ray of Star Trek and watch that opening scene. It is so well done. Yeah, I, I and, did, yeah. and when the sound cuts out, you know, and there's you just see the ships being destroyed and the the mother screaming as yeah, she's in labor, but it's just no sound. It's, it's yeah, beautiful. It's, it's just a, oh, I love that. Yeah, I, prologue. I would say as a body of work is equal to I I think it's equal to what we saw. It's 
as equally well done. Yeah. But personally, I would either give it the minus point five or minus one, just because mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it as much as the other one. Just I'm not sure why. Maybe I don't think I was too fond of the villain in mm-hmm. the original one. I didn't think it was that. I can't say that well done because Eric Banner is is a good actor and he mm-hmm. did well with it. I, I guess I just didn't. I didn't find that villain to be that really big or whatever he just turned up in a giant ship and shot at the enterprise <laughs> giant scary ship and, yeah, like, yeah. That, that's pretty with much. scary it, makeup yeah, and a bald the, head the ship is actually a better villain in that film than he is he's just well to his credit there was not many people that knew that was Eric Bana like true like, they're yeah. like oh that was Eric Bana's yeah. Nero yeah uh, he did I can't as I said I can't say he did badly because mm. he did well by that character he did fantastically but mm. I I think it was a nice introduction into the new Star Trek world. Yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. I, I, I don't think Khan would have worked in the first one because then no. the stakes are too high yeah, for and, a follow up. Well, and then it would be like you know, really just a genetically engineered superhero guy. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you kind of go with it. I yes. think. And uh, well, very quickly going back to the cast list, it reminded me the guy that Khan uses at the beginning to cause the explosion is played by a guy called Noel Clark who for any fan of Doctor Who there he was Mickey the boyfriend of Rose in the original thing and he he's actually a really good director in his own right and really good story writer he did a whole bunch of things like kid adulthood adulthood and a bunch of films taking place in another Attack the Block thing, like, you know, the suburbs of London, the difficulties in growing up. Like, he, he came out of that, and he made this fantastic career for himself. And so it was nice just to see him having this little role in this giant film. Yeah. And I, I didn't recognise him at first. It was only when he was then going down again, it was like, wait a minute, that, that's Mickey. <laughs> What's Mickey doing here? All but, right. Uh, <laughs> I'd say let's uh, move on to our Netflix recommendations. Paul, yeah, you want to sure. uh, go first? All right. Well, I bet my... it's something Britishy. <laughs> well, wouldn't you know it is? <laughs> I knew that rec- beforehand, folks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my recommendation is A Bit of Fry and Low, which is a UK show from the 80s. I'm fairly certain I'm correct there. Starring Hugh Laurie, otherwise known as... House. House. Yeah. <laughs> House. Gregory House. Roadhouse. And you know, yes, for those of you that didn't know and haven't figured it out by now, Hugh Laurie is British. He's just very good <laughs> in House. And Stephen Fry, who a lot of people Fry. in America might not really know too well. He was the voice of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy I know Philip film. J. Fry. Are they any relation? Uh, no. <laughs> no? I, and I think okay. Stephen Fry might actually take offense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen Fry is pretty much seen as the, sort of the lovey of the UK. He is what everyone in England wants to be, as it were. The... Is, is he Tom, the Tom Hanks? Of the UK? Kind of, yeah, actually. That's... America's sweetheart, he's UK's sweetheart? Kind of, yeah. See, I would think of Colin Firth as that, but... <laughs> well, he's a very... He's down to earth, but seems stupidly book smart. It is mm. astonishing the amount that he knows. But coming from a fairly low-class background, he ended up working his way into university at, I think, Oxford. I might be wrong, but I think him and Laurie went to Oxford along with Emma Thompson, actually. And they ended up getting together and formed this partnership that brought out so many great things. Gay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just quoting uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. All right. Gay. Gay. 
Well, technically, Stephen Fry is gay. And oh, hey, I did not know this. See, I don't know, so I was not saying anything. Although he might say bisexual, (laughs) maybe I he he says he is also attracted to women, but okay, didn't mean to. Yeah, no, it's fine. He'd probably laugh at that. (laughs) Obviously, Hugh Laurie is not. No, (laughs) that's a man. man. Yes, they just had the bromance going. (laughs) But yeah, so. it's a fantastic show. It's a lot of like little skits and stuff they do, okay. along with sitting so down sketch comedy. Audience. Yeah, okay. A couple of like fantastic lines that once you watch it, you'll end up having them in your head. And the only thing I will to see, say, yeah, Hugh Laurie do uh, comedy. Like, uh, comedy he that. does a, as you would tell, a fantastic American accent. Mm-hmm. He also he can play the guitar, the piano. He can play. We all get it. You have a bromance with Hugh Laurie. Yeah, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just astonishing. nothing wrong with a man crush. It's almost sickening how talented that guy is it's like he's taken the talent from three other individuals put them in himself he's like neither mind now this is, I'm good at this he's genetically engineered as well we <laughs> yeah. figured it out alright but yeah the, the only thing I will say is the fourth season of it not necessarily wow that's a long long run yeah. for a British show yeah they, they managed they managed to get to four seasons and unfortunately the fourth season I think the BBC came in and said we want you to have guests we would rather you have a musical thing here so they altered the structure of the Tinkered show. Tinkered with it too much. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it... I mean, mm-hmm. there are some really good things in it, but I don't think it's as good as the mm-hmm. other three. So if you only get to watch the first three, that's probably <laughs> fine. But yeah, definitely give it a shot. All right. Good recommendation. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with a show that I'm a little disappointed I didn't catch when it originally aired. I know they usually uh, do films, but hey, it's Netflix. <laughs> Let's see. Mo- I've either seen most of the films on Netflix, or they're mostly shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not a lot of films that you that are not too well known yeah. and good yeah. have come out it's like recently. I've seen it if I've had a desire to see it or yeah. a di- desire to see it already. But anyway, uh, this was a show that aired in uh, 2011 on the Sci-Fi Channel or Sifi now. Yes, Sifi. <laughs> Before they went and uh, changed their stupid spelling, <laughs> but it's called Prophets of Science Fiction, and it's a uh, I don't know what I'm saying documentary style or whatever about there's eight episodes and it begins with mary shelley who is uh, credited with starting the genre of science fiction with her novel frankenstein and i've only seen this one episode but i can see where it's going and i can see how it's produced and it's very well done and you know it it mixes reenactments animation Mm. talking head interviews with experts of that particular field that that person dealt with in that in their works and uh, please tell me there's no in the sake of balance interviews where they go from the expert to someone that just happened to have the opposite point of view <laughs> uh no i don't believe so no, no. Ju- just the it all just kinds of supports okay. yeah there's a one of the experts is mikio kaku i think i don't think i'm saying that right he's like a physicist he's in all the, he's in like the universe shows and yeah. very um, like gray hair and very very fascinating person to listen to and it's narrated by jonathan adams who does a lot of great voiceover work yeah very well done you got hg wells that i'm looking forward to isaac asimov jules verne i think philip k dick philip k dick is the next one which i'm really excited to see that one but yeah it just kind of goes into the plausibilities of what they wrote about which all great science fiction you know you have to base it on science of the times and then you expand on that 
and you let your mind go, where could this go from here? Yeah. And which is kind of what Mary Shelley did with Frankenstein, because there were recent electricity experiments going on at the time. Yeah. Where uh, they, I think they were animating dead frog flesh or something with the electricity. And, and, you know, so that was kind of the jumping point. Yeah. You know, that we are electricity, but but it's very, very interesting. I love science fiction, so looking forward to watching the rest of those. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to watching any of them. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, sure sir. Really <laughs> All right, I think that's going to uh, be our time for you today. Yeah, although I just found a note that I wrote that I oh, brought no. up. Do you think Simon Pegg had rather pink lips during that film? <laughs> I, I did not expect this question. I uh, know, I know. But wow. I, I was watching it, I think especially when he was in the scene where he's arguing with Kirk about I, I will not let these weapons on board without looking at them. And maybe it was the IMAX thing of just being big and on the screen, but I was like, those lips are stupidly pink. Like, uh, this is ridiculous. Maybe he borrowed Zoe Saldana's lip gloss before the scene. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe he was feeling a bit dry, you know. And Yes, I don't know. I, d- I will not say I noticed it, so no, I have yeah. no comment on that, uh, sir. I, I did actually attempt to get a response from Mr. Simon Pegg. Uh, still waiting, huh? Yeah, still, still waiting. waiting. Okay. I would not hold your breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess that will be our time. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think we might have to end it there. All right. I've been Brian. And I've been Paul. Uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Bye.